It's like the housing crisis. If you actually went around to the to the farms in Iowa and Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and asked people how they felt, you would have been able to short Hillary Clinton and make a shitload of money. Welcome to Landline Podcast. I'm a professional voiceover artist that Alex could never have actually gotten unless I was his friend from 10 years ago. You're lucky because on today's episode, it's Cocktail Hour with Giles, featuring a Vermont hostel owner pretending to be European and an elitist New England grad school student trying to find a purpose for his life. You're listening to Landline. Giles? Mr. McKay? How's it going? I'm well, sir. How are you? Landline Podcast. We're back at it. I'm so excited. Thank you for doing this. It is the night of President-elect Trump, and we are podcasting. I hope you didn't blow your creative O-ring listening to everyone else blabber about it, but I don't think that I don't think the world can get enough, to be quite honest with you, so hopefully we can capitalize on it with everybody else. You would hope. Um, okay, so before we get into it, folks, we are having a cocktail. Giles is a bartender extraordinaire at the Hostel Tevere, where he hangs his shingle with his lovely wife, Sarah, in Warren, Vermont. And he is going to walk us through a seasonal Thanksgiving cocktail that I requested. Um, so tell us about your inspiration. Tell us about what we're drinking, and let's make a cocktail. Was my wife. She likes to drink gin, and I said to her, "What was the cocktail that we drank at Thanksgiving a couple years ago?" And she immediately was like, "Oh, you mean that gin with the cranberry simple syrup, lime, and uh, the the sparkling on top?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, that'll do. Thanks." Um, she uh, yeah, she brought me back every every year at one of their family events. They always try to get me to make something crazy, and this isn't even crazy. It was kind of one of those, "What do you have lying around the house that could make something really good?" And this is what we ended up with. So. Um, well, gin, ingredients, excuse me, gin, uh, cranberry simple syrup, easiest way to do that is take uh, a half cup of cranberry juice, or you can do fresh cranberries if you want, uh, and you're going to just uh, mix that with a half cup of uh, granulated white sugar, domino, or whatever you can get your hands on. I and, used uh, I used ma- organic maple sugar from the Bascom, Bascom Family Farms in Brattleboro, Vermont. Big shout out. I know they've got a huge Twitter following, so hopefully that gets us some hits. Yeah, and your, your cocktail will be that much more delicious. Um, now, wait, I know, so don't want to sidetrack you, but no, the cranberry juice, you know, I am so against commodity food, so to buy the Ocean Spray, although it is a co-op owned by farmers, mm-hmm. was a little difficult for me. Did mm-hmm. you, are, because it has sugar already, should we be using, like, the Just Cranberry Whole Foods organic $9 cranberry, or should we just... Yeah, use- like, just this fresh cranberry, whatever. Um, like, we use the Nantucket Nectar's. And it works pretty well. There's, I mean, there's still a buttload of sugar, but you're really using so little. And the whole point of the, the cranberry simple syrup is just to kind of balance the lime. And so, well, and the gin, I should say. Um, so, like, even if it's a little sweet, it's not, um, you're not going for, like, a bland cranberry taste, I guess, is the point. Like, you're going for sweetness. 
All right, we need a drink. I got gin. I got cranberry. I got the, f I got the Frex Frixinet Cordon Negro. Frexinet. Is that what it's called? Uh, I think that's how they pronounce it in Catalonia, but I don't know. Okay. So uh, you got your lime? The lime we might have to talk about. No, that's all right. You'll be okay. Yeah, I've got I've got some bitters downstairs, but let's pretend like you, well, you have the lime. I don't need the lime. You. you have the lime. Yeah, well, you're just gonna lose out. So, and I also have a shaker. I have yep. I I have uh, old ice and I have new ice, and by that I mean I have ice I'm gonna make the drink with, and I and have we're ice. Strain it over fresh ice. Yep. That's correct. And then I have um, a tablespoon in case I need to measure anything out because I don't have a jigger on hand. That's cool. Right. So talk to me. Can, I think you'll be able to eye this one and do just fine. Okay. Considering all that's gone on, uh, you know, a little overpour wouldn't hurt anybody. Okay, so where do we start? The ice and the gin, I assume? So grab your bottle of gin. Here's the thing. Day. Even if we just get back in the saddle and then end up doing this tomorrow night or Friday or whatever, whatever, this is a good step. So. All good, man. Okay, so grab my, jig, grab my shaker, grab my ice. Yep. I'm there. Perfect. I uh, you take a half of a lime, have it, and then squeeze all of that juice in there, and then throw those two lime things in there. Delicious. That's, yep. And then give uh, a, a decent serving of the uh, cranberry simple syrup we talked about. So okay. just uh, to make it, it'd be like a half cup of cranberry juice. Try to get the unsweetened stuff because you're adding sugar, and then a half cup of uh, white granulated sugar. Or in, you know, if you're fancy, you could go to where'd you get your sugar from? Do you know they grow cranberries in Wisconsin, your home state? They do. Which is a Trump state. I didn't know if it you knew It apparently that. is a Trump state by 27,000 votes or something. Okay. I, over, I, I overpoured here. That's okay. I've got a lot of electric equipment around that I may... Yeah, you want to be careful. Definitely want to be so, careful. You know, you normally do like a one and a half ounce pour of gin, but I'm going to go two just because of the severity of the situation. And, um, yeah, like I said, maybe a tablespoon, tablespoon and a half of the simple syrup. And then you're just going to shake the piss out of it. Okay. We're going mics down for this. Hold, hold with us, folks. We'll be right back. You're putting your mic down. Shake, shake, shake. Then a nice little strain over the fresh ice. And you should almost, if you did it right, come to the top of the glass. And then you're just going to top it with, like, maybe a half ounce or an ounce of cava or prosecco or champagne or whatever sort of sparkling that you have available it's nothing fancy it kind of goes well on thanksgiving dinner and my wife loves gin so how are your steps going are you i'm good i mean you know i think the new studio is going to take some getting used to i got i'm looking at toilet paper i'm looking at a rusty bathtub i'm I mean, you know, people are talking about all those people out there who are, like, in their mom's basement podcasting. Well, I'm in my wife's attic podcasting. How does that make me any different? Yeah, well, it is what it is at this point, right? Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. So now I've just basically got gin, lime, cranberry, and ice, which I think some people would just drink. Yeah, but then you add a little bit of bubbles, and it just, uh, you know, sparkles it up a little bit. So I've got the Frixinet Cordon Negro uh, Cava. Frexinet. What? How do you say it again? I think it's Frexinet. 
weird word. The X isn't an X. It's a, it's a weird sound in that language. So, but it's a split. It's literally a like a 200 mil or... Yeah, 175 or something, or a 187. 187. Yep. Can you just, as I open this up and spill it on my new equipment, can you just, yeah, oh, it's a, it's a twist off. Oh, that's kind of... Yeah, it might be one of those weird new ones. Ah, uh, that's disappointing. And I'm doing a half ounce here? Well, a half ounce to an ounce. Depends on how much room you have left in your glass. Okay. I had enough gin where I had to actually take a sip and then pour it. Oh, some. that's beautiful. It's sort of an auburn... I mean, yeah, so, and if you you know if you if you pour it on right, it'll get darker as it comes towards the top. Very interesting. It looks like a seasonal holiday treat or a used tampon, depending on who you yeah. vo- voted for. And if for. you want to get fancy, you could garnish it with like a fresh cranberry, or um, maybe even toss a, a sprig of some sort of herb that you might choose to uh, pair with cranberries. Like, know. well, rosemary would be beautiful. Rosemary, there you go. Yeah, have you a nice even, structural. You could even. You could even um, Infuse some rosemary into the simple syrup when you're making it, and throw some sprigs in there while you're uh, while you're cooking down the simple syrup. Or sage if you're out west in the high there desert. There you go, man. Okay, well, Giles, I'm gonna make a serious cheers here, which is um, cheers to everything being just okay. Uh, here we are. The world has not stopped, or the the sun rose, as President Obama said today. As the dude said, nothing is fucked. <laughs> All right, cheers. I can't wait to have a sip. Cheers, brother. Yum. That's really, right. really, really good. Nice and light. Nothing crazy. Hopefully but, it's not too sweet, not too sour. Mm. Something that um, just dawned on me about gin is that you know what gin goes great with? Other alcohols. <laughs> it's like, have you tried gin with vermouth? Or have you tried gin with, um, you know, Camp- not Campari. What? Yeah, it's Campari, right? For yep. a Negroni? Gin, Campari, and um, the sweet And then, so it's like gin with other alcohols is perfect. And now this is gin with sparkling wine. Yeah. Gin lemonades with, with Contro or any sort of like orange, orange flavored liqueur. It's all, gin's very versatile. So um, let's get into it. It yeah. is, it's the day after Trump. Yeah, um, about 24 hours after I texted you and said, is this actually happening? And you said it, it was over a long time ago. Right. Well, you're sort of a night owl, and I'm sort of a early riser. So Correct. it's not that you were in any, any less of a educated uh, space to make the call I did to you. It's just that you hadn't paid attention yet. Well, I'd been paying attention. I just I I was very confused as to how how it was all playing out and how it went from being such a what did they keep saying on fucking what was it. Uh, it was, he needs a, an inside straight or a royal flush. It was like, what? what? How? And then he gets this. It was like, so he didn't actually need any of those things. Yeah. But I'm glad that's, that, you know, that's what they all thought. It was, it was just very bizarre. I kept switching back between Fox News and MSNBC and CNBC just because, like, the, the dread on the people's faces on, on MSNBC and CNBC was, like, Wolf Blitzer just kept stammering. Like you couldn't get a word out, and then you put it on Fox News, and these people are just ear to ear grinning. It was really weird. I actually got a bunch of work done last night because of it. A lot, a lot of Wolf Blitzer talk today in the mass media. Oof. I don't know. Apparently, he had a tough night. He kept on interrupting John King. I will say this: Let's, if we want to talk positives, if you had some brown nosing, shit eating, 
shit-sniffing guy you went to high school with who ended up going to Yale and then, you know, you thought maybe when you ran into him on Main Street, um, when you were home for Christmas, he'd say hi, but by age 22, he wasn't saying hi to anybody anymore, and he decided to, you know, then get a, a PhD and Harvard Law, whatever, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, he's on the news. You can't believe, you know, this kid from high school is all of a sudden, like, mm -hmm. making, you know, the Chris Hayes of the world, the Ezra Kleins of the world. If you knew one of those people or you just had followed their careers, last night was a great night for watching them realize they had no fucking clue what they were talking about. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, small victory in the larger scheme of things. Um, it just proves, you know, that they don't, yeah, pundits are pundits, but at the end, like, nobody's a, nobody's a fortune teller. Well, and they're, like, so proud of themselves walking around Manhattan and, like, going into the TV studio, and the reality is, like, they are no, you know, not only do they not know what they're doing when they're projecting things, they actually, they had, like, to me, a serious hand in the election coming out the way it did. It's like, a, this is as much a rejection of those people as anything else, but... I to, to just to step back to have some sort of linear conversation to this, I, I was thinking about when I was walking the dogs today, uh, you and I are two educated white males. Mm -hmm. Everyone was talking about non-educated white males um, from Wisconsin and New Hampshire, two states that were very, you know, I don't know. I think New Hampshire ended up going to Clinton or they haven't called it yet, but I don't think it's even been called yet. It was like 3,000 votes last I saw. So you, you, you're, you know, plenty, plenty of people from New Hampshire are on this podcast or listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. Why don't you just give us some Wisconsin? Like, tell us, you know, you, I know you grew up outside Milwaukee, but like. No, I was in Milwaukee County, though. So, you know, it was we weren't like rural. So just what do you think? Who who are these people in Wisconsin who voted for Trump? And I don't mean like they're everybody idiots. who doesn't live in Milwaukee County and Dade County, basically, which is where Milwaukee and Madison are. And, and and what 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 jobs do they used to have? What jobs do they not have anymore? They probably all have decent jobs in the first place. Like uh, I was trying to explain this to somebody the other day, how like the whole Rust Belt is the same state repeated over and over. There's just different levels of like how religious people are. You know what I mean? Like you have Pennsylvania and Ohio, which have like extreme religion, and not extreme in a bad way. Like the Amish people or the Mennonites, um, you know, who who take the Bible as pure fact and, you know, live that life without electricity or however they do it. Um, and then you get into Indiana, and you have a lot of, like, reborn Christians, and you still have a huge Catholic population. Michigan's very similar. Illinois is much more progressive because Chicago is so massive, so obviously there's a lot less. But you still have that, like, kind of um, uh, African-American Christianity. And then, you know, Wisconsin's very similar where you have lots of, like, um, Christians again. It's It's just not as extreme you don't have the amish population or, or any kind of like really um hardcore religious fanatics but what you do have is just a ton of blue collar workers and when you have a state of between somewhere between six and seven million people and only 30 percent live in the milwaukee county or the dade county it's like that other 70 percent of people is they're not dumb they're they're hard-working people that just kind of all of a sudden were like well hey we haven't had a voice, and we've been disenfranchised, et cetera, et cetera. And next thing you know, they all went out and voted. But and it was, it I was went bound to, to happen. I went. To, I know Madison is different, but I went to school in Madison for a semester. Mm -hmm. One of my many college, you know, that the the podcast of Alex's college life coming soon yeah. to a podcast near you. But um, 
you know, you had people from all those places. You had people from Waukesha. You had people from mm-hmm. Sheboygan. You had people from wherever these places are, right? Oh, yeah, and, the counties all the way up because that was the number one state school. Like, if you were valedictorian or you were top 20% in your class, like, that's and you wanted you to went. go to college, you went to UW-Madison. Right. So if you imagine, to me, they came from families where they were – maybe they were religious, maybe they weren't, but they were taught – Good family values for sure. Yep. I mean, I mean that in a positive way. I think they respect women. Am Definitely. I wrong about that? No, no, not at all. I just so, think so. What I'm ahead, saying right. to you is, if you're saying they didn't all lose their jobs, no. Then what? Why were they? Why do they hate Clinton so much? Well, what what favors did she do for herself? No, I know. I mean, I she didn't do anything. But what reason? I guess I guess I'm saying is like, what reason did she give them to believe in her? Okay, but they the only thing that you're missing is that in the past they had the, the the status quo was them voting for Democrats or them not voting. You don't think they you know and, that's, I mean, and you, I guess that's the was, number like I'll look at in the next couple of days is like how many people voted in 2012 versus how many po- people voted this year. You know? I think people I don't know. I look, the Ohio is different um, and you know, Iowa to me is different. Michigan, Wisconsin, and but once you get out of the cities, it's all the same, man. It's all like right. rural farmland right. with you know, like you've got two counties that make up a high school or maybe one, and you're talking about counties of like seven to ten thousand people or ten to twenty thousand people. But it's all, it's just not. I don't know. Maybe they just see the world differently than than people who live in urban areas. It's a I don't know. I don't know what would possess any woman to vote for him, but apparently, like, some of the numbers I've been seeing show that, like, more women voted for him than her on, like, overall, which is kind of crazy. Um, but, yeah, it's – I think it just came down to a level of disenfranchisement that it got to be too much. Well, it's – again, I don't think it necessarily answers my fundamental question. I, mean, I don't know if there is an answer, but – That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know. I couldn't tell you what – or why those people decided that he was a better option than her. The kids who go to Madison from, if I'm imagining these kids that I went to school with, you know, Joe and Dan and all these guys from mm-hmm. all these great states who are very friendly to me, this, was I Jewish, was I not, what was I doing there, I was asking everyone for weed all the time. The, <laughs> the, um, to me, they would all, if I was watching TV with them, they would all be like, Trump is crazy. So it's just interesting to me, that um, their families or people in their towns didn't didn't think that way, but you know what? I mean, I I I hear you. It's basically like it's working. It's going to high school basketball games. It's going to the cabin in the summer with the ski boat. It's fishing and it's hunting. It's it's the country. And it's not necessarily uneducated either. No. I think that's. I I don't think the uneducated white vote that they're talking about is coming from those states. I mean, obviously there is some that's coming from there. But, like, I can think of tons of people who go to those schools and go to all sorts of, you know, colleges, and they get agriculture degrees, and they get all sorts of things, and they go back to their hometowns, and they make them better. But at what point do people kind of give up on a system that hadn't really represented them in a long time? And you think that's the political system in general? The political system, to start, I mean, what, again, like, what would some white male age 35 who has always leaned Republican, maybe voted for Obama because he was like, hell yeah, Obama's way better than McCain or this religious fanatic in Romney. 
And then all of a sudden he's like, wait a second, why am I going to vote for Hillary Clinton after all the things that she's done and her family's done and all the, the WikiLeaks and the emails and all that stuff? Like, that's the weirdest part is, like, she didn't give anybody who was on the fence a reason to vote for her right. other than she wasn't him. Right. And that's what's shitty. Like, the DNC and the Democratic Party decided that they were willing to compromise victory guaranteed for a woman to have the first chance, which is, I guess, in the end, it backfired. You know what I mean? Like, they thought it was a sure thing. Like, no woman would ever vote for him. And, I'm like, the numbers are definitely not uh, representative of what they were saying the whole time. Just in case you're just joining us, I don't know how you could ever do that on a podcast, but if you, fig <laughs> if you figure out how, I want to know, because that's what Landline's all about, those sort of life hacks. Um, this is Cocktail Hour with Giles on Landline Podcast. We are drinking a Big Lee cocktail, um, a Thanksgiving cocktail. It is gin of your choice. I'm drinking... It'd be like a gin cranberry spritzer. Yeah, I'm drinking Blue Coat, an American dry gin. Ooh, uh, um, I like Beef Eater, personally. Yeah, I have some downstairs. I have two gins in the house, and I think anyone who has any sort of Anglo blood in them needs to do the same. Um, gin. Well, and you're coming off summer, so that makes sense. <laughs> gin, <laughs> gin shaken with cranberry syrup. And uh, lime. And lime. And then um, uh, strained onto new ice and topped with... The sparkling wine of your choice. It is refreshing and light. It is not too sweet. Um, it has a beautiful color, and I think that uh, you know it's it's kind of like that that um, dark sort of burnt sienna of a, a Massachusetts Massachusetts maple leaf that is never going to have a good color. It just kind of goes from green to brown and falls off. It's kind of <laughs> ten days ahead of that. Um, okay, well. So here's my take on Clinton, on, on Hillary, Hillary Clinton. Um, I really think this is a this is like a one percent thing. This is this is all to me. This is where the mistakes were all made in the media. This is not Republican, Democrat and all of that. Basically, there is a giant accumulation of wealth that is flowing to the top one percent. We all know that story. And. It's crazy to think that that somehow Donald Trump was not lumped in with those people. Um, but I guess it's because he already had the money beforehand. But the way that America is making its money in technology, in the service industry, in, you know, Amazon, that kind of stuff, all this money is just going to these people on the coasts that people on the Midwest don't trust. And then on top of that, it's all the investment bankers who are doing the IPOs and doing the securities trading and making money off these companies. And, you know, none of them know anything about anybody that doesn't exist between an airport in New York and an airport in San Francisco or L.A. or Miami or wherever. And so I just wonder whether this is as much a rejection of the accumulation of wealth in the top 1% as anything else because, you know, I think there's all this race thrown into the idea of, like, oh, it's the white people taking taking their part of the country black back from black people. Like, the poor white people and the poor black people are in the same boat, which is they don't have any education and they don't have any upward mobility. And pretty much things are worse now than they were 30 years ago for these people. And 
the it's one thing to be like a you know daddy warbucks going to the hamptons or nantucket or wherever and the caribbean in the summer st barth's and you know it's one thing to be those people but i'm interested in people like my parents who are you know on the upper edge of upper middle class if i guess you look at what upper middle class is now yeah. They are surprised about Which this. Which is surprisingly different than what it was 20 years ago. Right. It's not that rich, I think, is my, my thing. It's, it's, or it's, it's less rich than it. Well, yes, whatever. There's less of them. Correct. You have to be more rich to be that part of that, that class than you do now. I think it's just or than as you did mu- before, excuse me. I think it's just as much a referendum on them. I think yeah. it's because they were baby boomers and they were anti-Vietnam War and then they settled into a career and they ended up making a good amount of money and they got a vacation house. I mean, these are not – this isn't the story of my parents, but the people they hang with. And yeah. they just assume that the world is going to constantly keep going in a more liberal and liberal and liberal place. But they do nothing to extend their own sort of wealth and good being back to people – that um, they may have actually gone to college with at some point in their life, or they may have, you know, been drafted with or served in the army with, depending on how it all went. But they're not, they have nothing in common with the people their age who ended up living in the Midwest and having the bottom fallout from everything that they did. Like, if you were just a shade more blue collar and a shade less educated and a shade less Ivy League, or sh- more in an industry that was shipped overseas. Or Whatever. And so, you know, my I mean, my dad was crying last night. I talked to him on the phone, he was crying. And he... But, like, it was people your dad's age and my dad's age who were vehemently in support of Donald Trump. And it's like, what, what how... And, you know, maybe this is true for what... This will be true for our generation as well. But, um... These aren't we. Me and you can't go knock on doors in you know in northern Michigan or wherever and connect with these people. We haven't had the same life experience as them. Mm-hmm. We're not from the same generation. We don't have the same view of what this country was and what it's become. Sure. We th- you know we didn't live through a lot of the stuff that they have. They have similar experiences with, and I just want to know for all of these people who are sort of the mothers and fathers of us of the college educated you know hipster generation mm-hmm. what have you done to check in with this part of the country to prevent yourself from being vulnerable to them saying this shit is fucked yeah i mean it's it's very representative of the fact that when you have a country of 330 million plus people like there's going to be some pretty significant fissures that'll be created when you only have two options and that i mean that just speaks to itself. Like, if you only have to pick A or B, but A doesn't represent you and B doesn't represent you, then who do you, who do you move towards? You know, like, how many people fell on the boat uh, where it was like, I hate Donald Trump, but Hillary Clinton might be one of the most corrupt politicians of all time. Like, it's such a, like, how do you, how do you force people to make that choice? I don't know, but, uh, you know, okay, so let's get into that. So, because um, I, I want to do the choice. I want to I break down the choice. Man, this cocktail, okay. this cocktail tastes good. I wanna, Dude, they are good, right? I forgot how good these were. I want, and, you know, now I have an open split of cava, so obviously yeah, you got to either yeah. butt chug that or make another cocktail. 
boofing. <laughs> oh, special. So I want to I want to break down the choice and how I think people are misinformed about how clear of a choice this was. Mm-hmm. And then I want to break down about how upset people are because I think there is a crazy overreaction. Maybe. And but then maybe I'm, not in their world. Maybe not in their world. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the opportunity yep. that I see is out there right now. There's huge opportunities for both parties, yeah. Oh, well, and even I, I have other opportunities I want to talk to you about. Ooh, nice. I like opportunities. And then I kind of want to talk about President Trump a little bit. But let, let's okay. let's start with a choice. So okay, it dawned. Okay, let me. Can I can I say something? Before? Yes, please. Can I get Sorry, I, I already. Yes, I, I've been so so. Do you think there was a choice this year? This election cycle for this presidential election, do you think there actually was a choice? Yeah, so, yes, there was. I voted for Hillary Clinton, and I thought she was the choice. I thought that there was a choice that you could choose. You could choose between something that was known. Without any damage to your conscience, without any being like, no fucking way can I elect that person. I will. I, I... Listen, I'll just say this. I didn't vote for Donald Trump. Okay, but that's so all. Just I... to get that out there, like I'm not some closet like, eh, I voted for Trump and blah blah blah. Right. Well, but I had a very hard struggle in that in that voting booth or whatever the fuck they call it, picking who. It wasn't easy to pick all the other choices. That's easy. That was easier than pie. But looking at that name on paper and knowing all the things that that family has done is just like, do we want more of the status quo for four years, maybe eight? So you're you're a better citizen than me. I really think you are. I think that I am more of a sheep than I portend to be, um, because I did. I I just voted for Clinton, and I well, I, listen. I live in Vermont. I also have the luxury of not having had to have voted for her. Yeah, well, I, have it. I live in Mass. It's the same thing. Like yeah, well, is it? Well, you're right. I mean, it's a little different. There are more Trump supporters here than I think people thought. But yes, yes, there was a choice. There was a choice, and my choice was decency. Well, my, okay, I'll, my, I'll take that. So, so that's exactly what it, – it's great. It's a great segue to what I'm talking about, which is that I think this country thought – I think that the people in the media thought that what – this is, this is the uh, – God, I, you know, starting three times. Thank you for the gin. Um, basically, the framing is that to be polite and to be decent is more important than to do the right thing. That's what people were saying, because. What do you mean to do the right thing? Well, Clinton, Clinton has done nothing but show us that she does the wrong thing. Correct. All her over and over and over and over again. That's right, and and her husband is the same way. Like you might say, can't get out of their own way. Yeah, they they are they are so selfish, they are so out for themselves. You know, I I said this as soon as I thought about this last night as I was lying in bed. The only way that Hillary Clinton can show that she is genuinely a good person is that she can Jimmy Carter the rest of her life. But unless she's, like, working for other people that are less fortunate than her from now until the day she dies like Jimmy Carter does, then she didn't deserve to be president. Like, that's – she's going to – what's she going to do? She's going to go around and give speeches. If she goes around and gives speeches and cashes checks, she's just as bad as everyone who said she was. Basically, yeah. so, but people thought that you know this all this like Trump is a racist, a misogynist. I can't believe we elected someone who said he ne- you know he made fun of retarded people, he made fun of everybody, he he made fun of everyone, he made fun of everyone. Okay, so 
So in our culture right now, in our Facebook, in our internet, in our in our what do you stand for, in our like let's find a sex tape about you culture, mm-hmm. doing that was deemed to be the worst. We're gonna find you out. We're gonna find you out saying something that mm-hmm. sounds awful. And the reality is, Donald Trump is a liar. We don't know that Donald Trump is Donald Trump's. I, I think Donald Trump is pulling one over on all the people who voted for him. I think he's a fucking Democrat. Is I mean, you I always think. see that quote where it's like, oh, you know, I would just choose to run as a Republican because they'd eat it up. My numbers would be great or whatever. You know what quote I'm talking about. Donald Trump, like, Donald Trump likes to live on Manhattan where there's fucking transvestites walking around in broad daylight in the middle of the day. Donald oh, he, Trump, likes, he likes to be edgy. He <laughs> but here's the thing, Alex. You're talking about a choice between somebody who's decent and polite and somebody who's ballsy and edgy. Right. So and maybe he's beyond edgy, actually. Let's just say he's, he's beyond edgy. Way well, then you get edgy. into the sexual assault stuff, right? So then it's like, okay. Okay, but obviously a lot of women didn't care. Like, Right. I know. If it was that big of a deal, then every woman on the fucking soil of America would have voted against him. Well, I mean, there's an interesting thing. And, you know, do... So that's what I'm saying. Like, what choice? Like, so I'm going to pick polite because that's the better thing to do. But think about all the assholes you knew growing up and all the assholes that are got to exist in this country. And maybe they're not even assholes, just all the people who are fed up with the system and whatever. And they're like, you know what, I'll take the ballsy guy, because why not? Well, like when he said to the black population, what do you have to lose? What did they have to lose? Four more years of Clinton cronyism. Right. I mean, that's the, that's the crazy part, is that the, you know, polite is George W. Bush, but polite doesn't get ahead, you know what I mean? No, George, polite sucks. Like, like America's not the country it is because we were fucking polite. Let's just let's just throw that out there. People like, you know, polite is JFK who sexually assaulted women. <laughs> polite is George W. Bush who like I'm willing to like where can I put money down right now on the internet that oh, he's shaking another one. He's shaking oh, another yeah, folks. You got me all fired up now. Where can I put money on the internet that Donald Trump will not be a worse president than George W. Bush? Here's what he's up against, folks. Remember, let's let's just just one tiny tidbit. George W. Bush, the man who made up made up a bunch of evidence about uh, you well, know, weapons. I of mean, mass- he was just quoting his general who decided to read a potential thesis paper from some student at Oxford. And then, and then invaded Iraq. And then we went to war over it. You know, whatever. We invaded Iraq in a war we're still in. We are still in that war. Oh, we're way in it. We're probably we are, more in it now than we he, ever thought. He invented ISIS. He spent trillions of dollars. These are all things that the Republicans hate, by the way. And, yeah. be, and because we felt like he was sort of like a half-tard, we needed to be nice to him. Yeah. But it's like... And where did that get us? It got us nowhere. Like, we're, well, it got us Obama, which worked for like a year and a half, and then... They decided to force through Obamacare instead of actually trying to make it feasible for everyone. So we're not su- – I mean, I'm not support- – I, 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 yeah, right. Sorry, we're, I don't mean to no, go down that rabbit su- hole. We're going to end up supporting Trump by the end of this thing. But what, what's interesting no, to me no, is no, like, no, 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 because that's just that's – not, that's not okay. But and as somebody who has a two-and-a-half-year-old kid, like, I hope my son doesn't remember the next four years, and, and he doesn't have to because – But – Dude. But okay, I I want to finish my point, but I want to go to the kid thing. Uh, just let me let me say this about um, Obama. 
Obama is so eloquent. He makes you feel good about yourself. He's like the best marketer on the on the face of the earth. He, oh, he's a true statesman. He can he can find exactly what you want to hear and say without you even knowing it. And he is polite as shit. And yes, he's like you know he is a good person. I would love to have him over for dinner. The whole nine yards. I get it. His wife, beautiful, smart. His kids, great, smart. They're good human beings. He is killing Pakistanis with drones as we record this podcast. Totally. So, like, let's just back the fuck up on everybody being so good and now all of a sudden so bad is about to take over. Because yeah. that's not what's happening. Like, we are a reflection of the world that we are bullying. Like, the American people want it this way. We would rather be exploding, you know naval bases in Yemen or whatever. Not know about it. And not know it's about not it. Happening. And, and, and then when we hear about it happening, be outraged. And and be able to go but to... But not actually be outraged. Just, you know, all I need to know is what is the special jack-in-the-box this week? Because, you know, I mean, I'm going to be hungover on Monday after the Packer game, and I'm going to probably try to do a meal with, like, a little sandwich on the side so that I can get through the afternoon at work, so... Are you going to the Packer game? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I'm just making it up. That's what, America, oh. that's what Americans care about. So, just to recap, here we are. Landline podcast, cocktail hour with Giles. We are drinking a g- cranberry gin spritzer. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, happy Donald Trump to all... Let's get into the overreactions. Let's get into the, like, world is over. Um, Now, look. Every woman's going to be raped. (laughs) All that sort of shit. Well, I don't want to joke about. No, I'm not trying to joke about it. I actually heard somebody say that. I'm more. So there's the people who are protesting right now. Like I just saw a headline. Oh, yeah, there's live shit on New York all over the place right now. I'm like, I'm kind of fine with that. Um if people want to pro, I mean, obviously I'm fine with people protesting, but if they are young and they are sort of blown away by this on a on an ethics or um, on a issues level, that's fine. When I have these sort of uh, country club Democrats, you know, uh, New Canaan, Connecticut Democrats, Nantucket Democrats that are in my little world, um, sort of apoplectic about their life. Apoplectic, or please explain. Please explain the definition of that word real quick. Apoplectic. It's like they're overwhelmed with anxiousness, I think. All right. I like like that. Best I could do. So, for instance, now I'm not trying to throw anybody on the bus here. Um, On the bus, under the bus, you know, wherever. On the engine. On the wagon. God forbid you know how to do something with with an engine. Um, My my wife's boss, who she still works for, thankfully, for our um, well-being, Mm-hmm. And who I love very much in Oregon, a real estate developer. He Your baby mama. He canceled everybody's work today, and then sent my wife an email that said that her, him, and uh, his wife were considering international options, and that they might shut down the business for a couple of years. And to me, that's like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like yeah, that's how scared some people are, man. Like, okay, let's break that down. How do how do we know this guy is going to be – what proof do you have that this guy is any worse than these other people that you told yourself were good? You don't. But that's the thing. People aren't 
people aren't relying on fact anymore. They're relying on faith or, uh, and I don't mean faith in a religious sense, maybe a religious sense, but, um, or they're relying on the fact they heard from their friend and they just take it as fact when actually, like, it, it's bullshit. You know what I mean? There's so much misinformation going on right now because of the amount of information that's out there. They're like, I don't know. I feel like people get caught up in this real quick. You know, like, people gave Sarah Knight... I shouldn't say gave a shit. People were like, oh, are you moving to Canada because Trump might be president when we went for this, this summer for two months? And we were like, no, we're moving to Canada because we have a good time for two months, you know? Right. Like, I don't know. I think I, I think one of the funniest things I saw today um, was some posts about that list of celebrities who said they were moving to Canada. And uh, I saw one dude posted, uh, just spent the last 12 hours calling all of their agents uh, with all of the flight options possible to all cities in Canada. This has been really fun. It was like, <laughs> like people are getting off on this shit, man. Well, I just, I, I, my thing to those who, you know, and it's not just Anna's boss. I have um, people, when my sister sounded like she didn't want to get out of bed, you know, my dad, as I said earlier in the podcast, was very upset. I think I cheered him up. I actually saw him today dropping him off at the airport. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, one way is to say, I can't believe this happened. This is my political Pearl Harbor, September 11th. Another way is to say, why did this happen? And what can I do? What ca- how can I engage mm-hmm. with my country to get more out of it than I'm, than I'm getting right now? What does this mean? Um, why are people voting for Donald Trump? Why did Hillary Clinton become the, the Democratic nominee? Why did um, all these people in the Midwest lose their jobs? Is there another opportunity for them? Is college education the, uh, you know, the path to people making a different decision? Do we need to go engage with these people? With all the engage- they're your neighbors. You know what I mean? Like at this point right now, we're looking at a situation where if you walk into a room with 100 people, 47 of them vote for him, 46 of them, no, 48 of them voted for her, four of them voted for Gary Johnson, and one of them voted for Jill Stein. So Not- basically every other person was him or her. But not in my hometown, not in Hanover, New Hampshire, which went 85% for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, but where did the county over go? Um, yeah, you're right. The county, But nobody goes to and that how county. How far is the county over? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, no, exactly. Okay, so yes, yeah, I'm totally with you. Like, I want you to so make this point. Get out of point. your fucking bubble and yes. go meet some people and have some conversations so that we're all not stuck in these, these tiny bubbles being like, oh, this could never happen because I live in this bubble. Well, there's a lot of other bubbles that are going on right now. So, you know, can you imagine, I, I don't know if you've already spent any, spent any time in Portland, Oregon, but can you yeah, imagine how Portland, Oregon feels right now? Yeah, well, look, imagine how the whole West Coast feels right now. Yeah. You're talking, I mean, and there's so there's 50 and, plus million people in California, so, yeah, what the fuck? Millions of people, dude. And, and again, back to the whole, like, it's 330 million people. We aren't going to agree, especially when you just give us one or two. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you want so you want more candidates? That's your. That's I want. I just want to not have to be forced to be like, wow, I got to pick this or that, and this is just as bad as that, but just in a different way. Like, yeah. Who's representing? Who's actually representing different groups of people? You know what I mean? Like neither of them represented either. Any sort of minority vote whatsoever. Well, they were basically just two salesmen. They were a Pepsi salesman and a Coke salesman. And one sure, of them exactly. Won. And pick they, one. And why do you like that one? 
oh, well, you know, nostalgia. The or colors, whatever. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. No, I like I, red versus blue. I like blue and red. Because, like, I mean, she went to his fucking wedding. Like, let's be serious about what's going on here. She was paid to go to his wedding. He paid her. I didn't know that. Yeah, he gave her money to go to his wedding. He was like, hey, will you show up? And that's why he said, like, at that one debate, he was like, I never always ever paid me for anything. You know? So I think on, I, 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 so I guess. I'm fucked because I'm so, like, when we had our last podcast, I wouldn't even say his name. Wait, what's I was a, like, I'm not even on, giving that on. guy lip service because fuck that shit. Wait, what, what's a podcast? Hold on. We got to back up. Podcast. Did I say podcast? Yeah, it was great. I loved it. Oh, okay. You were like, podcast when we had our last podcast. When you podcast. haven't podcasted in a while because you're podcast host. Hey. And strapped on his iron underwear because he's in business school. Can you, can you, f- no, that's not it. It's it's way deeper than that. You want to unpack why the podcast isn't successful? I no, mean, no, it's okay. No, we should. I mean, by the way, all you landline listeners out there, we're hoping that you would spread the word about this podcast a lot faster than you have, okay? So well, they're keeping it, they're keeping it. We have some decent numbers. We have some really decent numbers. Number one episode, by the way, Meg the Mom. Number really? one. Ep- number one. Ep- ah, actually, me and you might have a number one. No, it's okay. She's, I think, in a close second. Saul seems to be really bitter about that all the time. Saul, I mean. Saul, I want to get on the phone with you, buddy, if you're listening. Saul, you know, I had, okay, so I had Chris Baker, um, one of the three men in the sports um, podcast. Wait, company. hold on. Let's Before we start talking about the pod and, and what's up with you, let's finish our Discourse I think that was a good – I mean, we had a lot of momentum there, right there about the podcast. Okay. You did, and I just so, shut it down. So, so you, you wanted to ask me about what it's like being a parent right now and Well, I, and I, I just – I heard it. all these people – so there's – okay. Shout out to WGBH, a, NP, a local NPR station in Boston that is like yeah. – there's WBUR, which is where a lot of the national content like uh, – you know, the takeaway comes out of. And w- WGBH is like the real local, the real thing. And it's these two people, Jim and Marjorie, and they are completely sane, completely like, they're the best thing of Massachusetts politics and journalism. If anyone ever wants to know why Massachusetts is smart, you listen to them for an hour. They are not, you know, they're not all pandering to Democrats. They're not all over the place. Anyways, they had a bunch of people on today, including a lot of hardcore Democrats. People are saying, I don't know what to say to my kid. I can't look at my daughter in the face in the morning. I got to say, before I want to hear your point of view, and obviously I have an opinion on it because that's why I started a podcast. But um, I, I just think that, um, you know, hey, I was born in 1983. And guess what? I don't remember Dick from Ronald Reagan being president. So if you have a baby that was just born, I'm not really sure Donald Trump is going to factor into their life. Just saying. Just saying. But Yeah, and so I think it's more of like the people who have kids who are like 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. In that range of an age where, and don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not a parenting expert by any means. Uh, in that range where the kids are old enough to quasi get what's going on. Not fully understand, not even partially understand. But they're able to ask questions about what's going on. And that's what's scary. Like, when a friend of ours' daughter, who's, I think, five and a half this morning, said, Mommy, why did everybody elect the bully? You know? And maybe that's because that was the way the parents had framed that to their daughter, that he was the bully candidate and whatever, whatever. But I, that's got to be tough, man. Like, my kid's talking, but he's not, like, asking in-depth questions, you know? 
Like, he wants to know if he can wear one sock or two. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, it's tough. That's It's tough. I, I do think, though, that we can't teach our kids that, like, everything on the New York Times.com is facts and that, like, everything in their elementary school in, you know, in, in mm-hmm. Vermont, in communist Vermont is is fact and that there are reasons people elected the bully. Literally, yep. the, the bully was a better option for the majority of people or the majority of people in certain states. Who voted, yeah. All right, well, um, we're going to have a President Trump. Like, do you, you know, do you think he builds it? Let's just go, let's do a, let's do a pop quiz here. Let's change up the, the timing. We're, we're an hour in at least. Let's change up the, uh, the speed here. Do you think, you know, quick fire, do you think he builds the wall? No. Do you think he deports all the illegal immigrants? No. Do you think he is able to repeal Obamacare? Yes. Me too. Do you think that's a bad thing? Maybe not, but I still think the fact that we don't have national health care and we're in the richest country in the world is a fucking joke, and that's my own personal opinion, so I won't. I won't. Well, Go that's that's why that. we. I mean, that's why we have you on the podcast for your own personal opinion. So yeah, but but national like the fact that we don't have health care for everybody, universal health care is kind of a joke. Like we're willing to spend eighty million dollars or however you know how many millions of dollars on a fighter jet, but we can't give people you know access to health care. It's kind of ridiculous. Do you think he makes like a horrible international play of some sort, like you know? Taking our our missiles out of Turkey or something like that, like. Okay, like, I don't think he makes a horrible international play. I think because he's president, a horrible international play gets made by somebody else. What do you think happens with Russia? I think Russia. I don't think Russia's going to do much. I think Russia's going to continue to do what Russia's been doing, um, which is living under Putin, which has to be miserable. Um, and I think I think what's the big play is Iran. I think there's too much military wealth now, considering the deal that just went through with Saudi Arabia for like $80 billion or something, um, that they're the ones who are going to be like, well, look at all this unrest, and uh, maybe we can take advantage of it. And lastly, what are you going to do when he comes out and makes a speech? Are you going to watch? Which speech? Any speech. I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> That my dad was crying about. He was crying that he couldn't read a newspaper because he hates the look of his face so much. He like, I mean, it's like you can't. Like, like as somebody who even you know follows politics, whatever, I'll watch just probably as many speeches as I watch of Obama, which are like the State of the Union and maybe a couple others throughout the year. But otherwise, the national. I mean, where we live, the national political doesn't have a whole lot to, of bearing on us. I mean, I guess it's our country, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, that's that's actually how I feel about the entire country, and that I think is such a, like, really important point as we debrief from this election. I woke up this morning, and I heard this bus, uh, this, you know, MTA bus going by my house, because although I live in the suburbs and I have a yard and you know, a fair amount of space around the house, which is a rental, so don't judge. Um, I heard a big diesel downshift going on right outside as I as I opened my eyes, like, mm, yeah. whatever it is. 
and I realized world the world goes on. And then I walked the dogs. I made the coffee. I took Ann to the airport. I did X. I did Y. I did Z. Nothing, nothing, you know, the Gestapo didn't come to my door this morning. So, so many lives are not affected by national politics. I think that's the biggest problem we have. We are obsessed with watching the TV and thinking that this stuff impacts us. And, yes, of course, national health care, the military, um, all those issues do change the way things are going. But if people spend, you know, half of the energy they're spending towards commenting on what's going on in Washington to applying to improving their own communities, I feel like some of this shit would solve itself. Yeah. So that's that on on uh, on how – all right. Well, I, I agree with most of your assessment on the uh, pop quiz there. What are the other outstanding questions um, we have about Trump's possible – oh, here's my big worry. The environment. I think he's going to. So I am becoming like an ardent environmentalist. I don't know if you, how you feel about global warming, but I feel like every move we make should be considerate of reducing our impact by 30 or 40 percent. And I sure. think it can't hurt. It can't hurt. Nothing right. we can do to make things cleaner can hurt. And I think that he's just going to fuck that. I think he's going to build every pipeline, and I think he's going to, you know, reopen coal plants if he can. So well, He's going to be building it through those states that voted for him. And when there's a natural disaster, then or not a natural disaster, when they leak or something happens, a natural disaster that causes one of them to leak or something, they're the ones who are going to be dealing with it. I mean, that's, I don't know, that's kind of the hardball about it. It's like all these things that everybody's scared of, like, how many people do you know whose lives have been affected by ISIS in the United States? Very few. Very few. But yet everybody thinks that they're, they're under attack. Or, like, I wish, like, I, I went to school with some kids who lived in Lebanon and, and were in Beirut. And they were like, yo, dude, if we didn't hear a bomb go off on a day, it was not normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think we as a country have even yet to grasp, just because of the age of the country, how good we have it, how good we've had it. Like, if you had to take any class level, okay, let's say, like, anybody from middle class to lower class, let's not say, like, abject poverty, but just middle class and lower class, and you had to trade with any other country in the world that wasn't a white, like, Northern European country where they've got their shit figured out because they've been in existence for God knows how long, they would be there for a month and be like, get me the fuck back to America. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think there's a lot of people who understand. And that was representative of when I was in school in Rome, and it was like 2005, and only less than 12% or 15% of the population held passports. Like, what? Like, those, those numbers, like the fact that people don't know about the world that exists around us because they're just either, one, they don't want to travel because they're comfortable in the situation that they're in, which is fine, or two, they, they don't want to know what else is out there because if they knew, they wouldn't be complacent with just living the life they're living. And that's, like, I, I think that's a huge, huge demographic that represented him because they're comfortable in the existence that they have and they want it to get a little bit better so that their kids have a little better, which is kind of like that... 40s, 50s, 60s mentality. I don't know, man. 
Well, yeah, I, I think you. I think a lot of the things you just said are I, I, I concur with. I, I think the common media narrative of people are trying to get back to the '60s is incorrect. I think people. No, I don't are, think people are trying to get back to the '60s. I think they're trying to get back to a point where their kids are better off than they were, because yeah. they've had a hard run of it over the last whatever 15 years. Yeah, I mean, and and to your to your broader point. Um, I, this country is the greatest country on the world in the world on, yes. on the world <laughs> because because we elect in addition to us all being proud of our own side and what we you know the senators that got elected and the you know weed being legal in mass which we need to quickly discuss and the twelve the, plants the, you can grow up to twelve plants. I, so how do how are we making money on this? Because we got to get into that. But basically, isn't it good? Isn't it good that we vote for Barack Obama and then Donald Trump? Like we're a bag of tricks. This country. We got to learn. Like, to, we got to learn. We go to, hard right, and then we go hard left, and then we go hard right. You know what I mean? And and I I took a week of my summer to not that I was like doing anyone favors, but I had a vacation this summer where I biked across the state of Iowa and I talked about it on this podcast and those, and uh, you know, again, credit to my sister. She talked about how a lot of those people we met had Trump signs in their, in their cornfields then. And how, you know, these are great people. These are, this is a great time, week long rag bribe, biking, eating sausage, drinking beer, camping. It's fun. Like these people who voted for Trump in all these states all you Portlanders, all you Californians, all you people on the East Coast in the Northeast, like every New Englander. Yeah, it's not. These are not insane people. These are people who are like, you I'm guys trying to live too, man. Or I'm trying to live too, but also you guys are incorrect in your assessment that that the the Barack Obamas of the world are so great. They are they are great speakers. They are great orators. They are great, you know, maybe professors. They are great at, you know, being having an incredible decorum and politeness and statesmanship that Donald Trump will never have. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Donald Trump runs the White House out of Trump Tower. But <laughs> they talked about that. They were talking about that today. <laughs> what, what? But what do I like? They're fucking in they, virtual reality is invented. Like the problems of the world are not the problems of the world is that everyone is completely fucking detached from reality. Nobody knows how to like do anything that would cause them to survive in the event that shit hit the fan. So that's where that's the problem. That's landline podcasts right there. Landline podcasts. What's the weather going to be like today? Instead of looking at your fucking phone. Go outside and smell the air. Feel, is a front coming in? Is it going to get cold? Is it going to get hot? Is it cloudy? Is it rainy? Well, is it going to change? You need to bring a raincoat no matter what? Do you need to go talk to Do you need to go talk to an old guy down at the general store? Like if you want to know what's going on downtown, fucking go there and talk to people and bum a cigarette and hear the music coming out of the club. And just and go out and just live. live like it, this is all not on Nate Silver's blog. And thank God, thank fucking God that everything is not as we pretend or as we project it to be. It's like the world. This I would is the w- biggest. This is the biggest example of that. 
And I'm so fucking glad. That's the one thing. I'm so glad all these people who had been banking on everything coming out the way that their media sources said it would are now tasked with truly getting more information for themselves, like asking people. It's like the housing crisis. If you actually went around to the, to the farms in Iowa and Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and asked people how they felt, you would have been able to short Hillary Clinton and make a shitload of money. I mean, he was paying out three seventy-five on the dollar uh, as of Sunday night before Sunday night football. And Chris Baker he was paying out eighteen cents. Chris Baker, co-host of uh, the Patriots podcast on Landline, said we should have bought in. We got a gambling going to get Mike to Chris's yeah, wedding. Yeah, yeah. We're up. <laughs> you guys didn't put money down. No, Chris was like, we should bet on Trump. All of us were like, ha ha ha, because it's. You know, Gabe is like Gabe was phone banking for Clinton in Columbus, Ohio, because he's on oh, a, man. a dude, Ohio. He got dude. He fucking crushed her in Ohio. <laughs> and crushed her. Like hold Wisconsin, on. you're like, okay, twenty-seven thousand votes. Like they didn't do a good enough job in Milwaukee County making sure people were actually going out and voting. Shaking. That's just straight up what that is. I'll Sh- just call it out. Sorry, like Wisconsin, fucked that one. But Ohio, holy shit, dude. Shaken, not stirred. That's how I'm having, <laughs> having my second. All right. And so, what's what's the governor there thinking right now? Who? Which governor? Oh, uh, Kate Kasich. Yeah. Kasich. But, I mean, that's the other thing. Everyone's like, oh, Trump's gonna, you know, Trump. Basically, the narrative from coast to coast of the liberals is Trump's gonna roll in and get a bunch of Nazis in power, Supreme Court, Congress. He's got everything. He's going to be flogging and flight. What, what's it called when you, you know, those famous Michelangelo portraits where people have skin. Are you the, getting uh, drawn and quartered? No, when you get skin from head to flayed. toe. Flayed. He is going to flog and flay coast to coast. And the reality is all these people in Congress t- told them to go screw when he was running. He's got like, I would not be surprised if he has Democrats in his coalition. I mean, that's what I'm telling you. And the other thing is I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple of Republican senators who switch to independent and start voting with the Democrats in order to I mean, listen, limit he, his if power. If he was really savvy and he wanted to just make the move, he would just hire Bernie Sanders at some ridiculous position. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, think about it. If he made Bernie Sanders Secretary of State or, even better, Secretary of Defense, oh, not no. Like, I mean, you're you're no, no, you're halfway there. Secretary right of like of community studies. Secretary no. of no. Okay, he well, do something crazy. Secretary of education. Then he's beholden to no one. Yeah, that's true. To no one. And wait, I wanted to ask you this because you were way more involved in the political scene. So when you're a candidate and you win, and you've been funding all of your ads through loans from your own personal companies, which is what he did, correct? Probably. I mean, y- Does yes. the Republican National Committee now owe him that money? No. He's going to get that. I mean, it's a loan, right? So if he wins, obviously money's going to start coming in. Well, I, was it a loan? That's what he always called it. He's like, I, he always said, I loaned my campaign $20 million, or I loaned my campaign $15 million. No, I think, I mean, he loaned the money from his personal account to his campaign. 
That's what I'm saying. Who's paying that loan back? Because it's Trump. Like, yeah, it's the a good dude's qu- never not gotten his money, right? Is that the whole? Like, that's his whole shtick. That's that's interesting. I just I would just I I don't know the answer. I just thought maybe, you know, you being the political that you are, you'd have some insight. Yeah, I I don't know. I just know that. How did that work? Well, it worked one way or the other. Um, okay. Well, uh, we got to wind this down here. But we haven't even talked about the pod. <laughs> you want to talk about the pod? All right, let's... What's going on with the pod, Alex? Okay, All right. So, look. Here we are. It is November 2016. I have been in, in business school for a year and a half. I'm 33 years old. I have a baby on the way. Mazel tov. Thank you. I... I am I am that that's all a way of, of laying the groundwork to say I am really starting to hone in on exactly what I can serve the earth with, which is entertaining content slash education about real issues. So um, whether that becomes I you know the the spectrum is being a you know to to really start someplace that everyone will roll their eyes. Being some sort of TV personality who is giving people ways to, um, you know, eat sustainably, live sustainably, act sustainably. And mm-hmm. sustainable is a word that gets co-opted a lot. But but like fun things to do, like, hey, like I, I wrote a, I'm going to start a newsletter. I wrote the first one about um, coffee, but it's it's basically about food. It's like you can eat green and eat cheap like you can eat incredibly high quality locally grown sustainable food and it does not have to break the bank and like help people understand that so that's on one end the other end is like completely more behind the scenes business strategy of you know either working for a company or something like that that is is moving the needle in all these areas that i'm interested in um but it's again i think that there is some sort of uh, you know, cultural marketing aspect to it where we're connecting directly with people who are interested in big issues. So so how does that connect back to the pod? Basically, I've been struggling with a pod because the pod takes time, but it gives nothing back right now. It just gives satisfaction back. And the question is, should the pod become all about local sustainable food? I mean, I'm really not getting the hits right now to warrant keeping what I'm doing if you really want to look at it from a business sense. But so the pod, I'm not getting any help from my 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 stable of guests. Now you're always willing to pod, and that's great. But I've been relying on the you know Mike's and Chris's and Saul's of the world, and these people all of a sudden slam the door in my sh- in my face. Now the ironic part is that I've been contacting contacting them through the internet, something that was invented a couple of years ago, and that's not the whole premise of landline is this idea of like making long form connections Mm -hmm. with people whose opinions I respect and having a commentary on the current situation that is an alternative to the tweets and the Facebook and the bullshit that everyone is you know just cramming through every morning on the subway this is like well, you know, people are like, oh, you can't just pod but with, with old friends. Well, actually, there's a really great dynamic about podcasting with old friends, which is that mm-hmm. we all enjoy the texture of two old friends talking. And this is a way to hopefully subconsciously inspire people to have a long phone conversation with their friend. 
you know, as I always say, play a board game, ride a bike, watch a sunset, like get off your fucking cell phones. And so the pod for me has been a struggle between that personality where I'm relying on people I know rather than extending myself out to people in the sustainable food world or, you know, maybe there's other minds out there who are trying to do this sort of like retroactive turn back the clock back to the land movement um, and then also the technology behind actually succeeding with landline like I have struggled and spent a lot of money trying to make landline sound good and I gotta be honest with you when you hear this you're gonna be like what are all those fucking background noises in this interview and the problem is what happens nothing, wrong with, nothing was wrong with it before though Nothing was wrong with it before. You mean in the very beginning? No, just in general. Like the sound quality, if you're listening on headphones with an iPhone or listening in your car, which is how most people do their iPod li- or podcast listening, it sounded fine. Do you think the last episode sounded okay? Yeah, I think everything always sounded fine. I think you're just being a perfectionist freak. Yeah, I mean, okay, well, maybe that speaks some more to the fact that I want it all to be, like, set up and good to go so that, like, it's something more to the, f- the sense that, like, when any time anybody calls a landline, like you, Saul, Mike, Chris, Gabe, my wife from downstairs, um, you know, Molly from Berlin, who will probably never call back, although I'd love her to, when they, Meg the mom, you know, Tim the, the wine uh, sommelier, but Would that's you, what you have going is you have a whole bunch of people in your arsenal who are diverse and different and whatever. You just got to figure out how to get them on the phone. So I need – yeah, I need – maybe I need to – you know, I do need to change the format a little bit so that it's like the phone rings. I run up and I hit this master switch where everything is all of a sudden recording. And it can just be like people are like are, – are venting to me like therapy because they know that this is the place – where you can complain about tech. You know, I need to brand it better. We need to talk about tech. And I know you'll say some ridiculous shit that'll make me feel better about myself. Right. And we need to be, like, talking about technology. Another episode that I'm going to start doing, which I think is really cool, and let's announce it right now because I know there's a bunch of people listening because people love Landline Podcasts, and they want us to succeed, and they thank you for coming on and giving us this delicious cranberry. I'll take any excuse to get on the phone with you. Is I have an old family friend, Bo Overlock, who is a you know in the demographic of New Canaan Democrats who are apoplectic about this election, but that's not what we're going to talk about. He's been to let's say fifteen hundred rock and roll concerts in his life, starting with the Doors in Madison Square Garden in nineteen sixty one and shit like that. Must suck. And um, we're just going to pick one single band. And we're just going to talk. I mean, each episode will be a different band. It won't be one band the whole time. But it's going to be like, okay, boom, like The Who. And then we talk about The Who, and he tells me why The Who is important and when he first saw The Who and, like, what drugs he did at The Who. And, you know, he he used to get into all these shows in New York because he knew the bouncer out back, and he would talk about the cultural significance of The Who and when he first saw it, The Who sucked in the 80s or whatever. And that's going to be just sort of like a music element to Landline. But again, he now goes to shows and laments the cell phone, people not paying attention. It's all corporate, Ticketmaster, Live Nation. He used to know Gary out back at the Beacon for 30 years. (laughs) And Gary would just say, hey, Bo. And he'd be like, hey, Gary. And he walked in. And that was it. 
So um, that's like a landline story that's coming up. So I don't know. Did that is that enough information on the pod? Like to my friends, yeah, I mean, to my friends who pod, to my friends who pod. Please don't shut the pod out. Like I know that you're worried that you're sharing too much information, but Donald J. Trump just showed that you can share all your information and people will still vote for you. So like, let's give up on this keeping some things private. Everything is public, and in fact, let's take away the power of people who are saying like you're a bad person because you did X, Y, and Z by saying fuck you. I'm not a bad person. You're just a person. I'm just a person. Just like Donald Trump is just a person who happens to not be the president-elect. <laughs> we, are, we are, this is, people will think we voted for Trump after listening to but this. But I didn't. I didn't either. I didn't. But I'm not, but, dude, but really, I'm not going to hate his guts until he does something wrong. I think a campaign. Well, that's the thing. Like, you have to, like, like Hillary Clinton said, you just got to give him a chance at this point. Like, we don't have any other option. So let's just all be adults and, you know, four years is four years. Think, I think about how fast the last four years went. It's like, holy shit, dude. Like, that doesn't seem like that long ago when I turned 30, you know? So, Ugh. dude, you're feeling, okay, here's what I think I love about what's going on and what you do well. You fill niches. You fill conversation with uh, a lot of excitement and a lot of energy. You have a lot of people who are passionate about what they're talking about. And as I've done on this, when I talk to you, like if there's things I don't want to talk about or I don't want to delve into, I'm not, not going to talk about them or I'm not going to bring them up. Like it's one of those, you can say what you want or do what you want. And in the end, it, it, it's up to you because the perspective like we all give is all of our own. Like we're all humans. We all have different, you know, backgrounds and walks of life and in the end the conversations that i hear you having it's you're having them with friends but you're also having them about real shit that's going on all over the world so just you know play into that like i think the patriots podcast if you guys could somehow do like a simulcast like a game cast that would be hysterical it's all text it's like just unpacking that, everything is just a text. It's like that's how that's how friends communicate now. I mean, it's heartbreaking to me. I ha- I blew my top about texting a couple weeks ago with those guys because because Baker was like refusing to commit to the podcast for whatever reason. Like I'm sure he has a good reason, but he doesn't want to commit to the podcast. I think he's nervous about exposing himself to his his community where he's now working because it's so small. And you know, I don't necessarily agree with his his point of view on all that but like instead i so i exploded about texting i don't want to text anymore i don't want to just text with you guys and then you know five days later my brain took over and i started texting again i'm at least now texting a lot from my computer because it's all iChat, and that yeah that to me is better because it's like a physical big thing and it's like either i'm on the computer or i'm not i can't take that around with my cell phone but like fundamentally this thing all connects back to the cell phone. The cell phone thing is not going to work out for us in the long run. And I know 97% of the people I go to business school with have no concept of that. And it's like this fascinating reality for me because it's just, it's not, you know, this is again, this is one of those things where it's like people are worried about Trump. You should be worried about the fact that as we 
continue to learn about leaks and hacks and GPS and facial recognition, you you can't be you can't be by yourself anywhere on the face of the earth unless you're willing to say, fuck this, I don't need this cell phone. And so I don't know. That that kind of I I realize that's a tangent, but No, but it's like cell phones are the easiest way to provide yourself with a distraction from what's actually going on. Yeah. You know, like Hello? I'm here. I'm here. Oh. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Hello. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay. It's, so, uh, why don't you tell us what you're looking forward to? Because we could promise that we're going to podcast next week, but it probably won't happen. Why don't we set a reasonable expectation that people can expect a Christmas? Next week. Let's do it. That's a reasonable expectation. <laughs> I'm holding you to it. Um. Okay. And uh, can you just can you can you kind of? I'll text you. Can you can you <laughs> can you summarize how you think people should feel here? In in terms of the election? Yeah, well, that's what we talked about. I mean, what what, what do you want the takeaway to be? Uh, that a whole lot of us didn't vote for Donald Trump, and a whole lot of us did vote for Hillary Clinton. And the problem is, is it's one to one basically. So I think it's all about talking to your neighbor and talking to your your friends and talking to the people who, like, when they're behind that curtain, could have voted for Trump, which is fine. I don't. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, and that's the worst part. Like, as somebody who's you know thankful that I was born in this country and I had the education that I did and the parents that I did and. The opportunities that I had, like, it's four years. It's probably two years, to be honest with you, because if he does something crazy in the first two years, people are going to revolt. Well, not revolt in the terms of, like, a revolution, but in terms of how they vote in the midterms. You're rambling. You You're rambling. I'm calling you out on that. I'm calling you right. out. You, you, you start you, – I'm not saying you should shut up. I'm just, like, you – No, this, it was a terrible choice. It was a terrible choice, and, and – the worst of two evils was elected. Okay. Well, do you remember how fond everyone th- was of him when he was on The Apprentice? Can we just quickly just put, never that, watched that. put that into the mix? People love them. I think that Donald Trump could be just as scary as everyone thinks he is, but I don't think that's what is actually making a difference in your life on a day-to-day basis. I think there is complacency in this country and there is uh, obliviousness to what could actually make more people happy. Like there's so much out there to make people happy and yet everyone spends too much fucking time on their screens. Yeah, worrying about things that don't actually affect their life. They have nothing to do with them. They just don't – it's like it was, you know – my aunt and my mom and my uncle on their iPhones looking at their Facebook accounts earlier this summer about some police shooting of an African American in some state and everyone's and they were commenting on what people were commenting on and it was like, you know, this is nice that you're making yourselves feel good, but you've never met any of these people and you'll never go to any of their communities. So just yeah. like just just put your phone into the ocean and and <laughs> 
and face up to like communicating with people. If if you're so surprised that this happened, it's because you're so oblivious to what's going on. So, yeah. All right. Well, Giles, I'm gonna end it. I'm gonna end it there, my friend. We did a great cool. job. Uh, hey, can I give a shout out to my buddy Tad, who's doing a podcast called uh, of America uh, about sure. Syria A, and they're doing a really good job. Uh, doing like a weekly recap of what's going on in the Serie A and the Champions League and the Europa League with all the Italian teams. I think you dig it. Um, and I think there's some people in your audience who would also enjoy it. So Curve America, C-U-R-V America. Curve America. Yeah. It's worth, uh, it's worth a listen. They're, they're still working out the tweaks. It's their first season, but um, they're doing a good job. Do you think we could get some? Pro- Do you think they'll cross pod with me? Can, can I get on the show? Uh, if I tell them I mentioned yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll help you out. Well, I'll even go on their show and just talk about uh, Tutti Fascisti if I need to. <laughs> Everybody's not fascist. It's just a lie. Um, and are they broadcasting from Rome? Are they broadcasting from here? Where are they? Uh, they broadcast from D.C. So okay. it was a buddy of mine uh, who lived in Rome while I was there. Um, and uh, it's him and two of his friends who uh, are all part of the Curva D.C. A.S. Roma Supporter Club. Well, I want to give a shout-out to the Hostel Tevere in Warren, Vermont, ha- uh, Giles's um, place of work. <laughs> yeah. um, if you live in the Upper Valley, which some of our listeners definitely do, and you're looking for a weekend getaway this uh, winter to feel like you didn't travel far, but you did get far away, the Hostel Tevere is a great option for you. We are talking about wood stoves, Great cocktails, uh, wooden interior. Um, Some okay craft beers. Amazing craft beers. A little, just a little magic, like a little slice of magic. Probably someone will give you a little weed at the bar. Weed legal in Massachusetts. Yeah, it's my home, you know. It's all good. And um, you could ski at Sugarbush if there's any snow. And, and uh, you know, it's a little vacation away from home. That's also for New Yorkers out there, I would say. Good option. I think our our big contingent of Montreal listeners they could consider a little uh, you know New England vacation. But um, sure. so there's a shout out for for Giles and thank you. Um, and also shout out for Landline Podcast. Best thing you can do to support the show is tell a friend. There have been instances of some good friend telling. I feel like you know how to tell a friend about a podcast is an essay or a. Uh, cheat sheet we could design and probably get some hits on. No, that's cool. Just tell me when you're putting the pot up, and I'll blast it on social media. Yeah, I know, but I'm just <laughs> saying, like, there's got to be a so way. all that one's for you, baby. Don't worry. All right, we're going to get this one up there. It's going to go up tomorrow morning, and uh, we're going to make this shit happen. And other than that, we love you, listeners. Thank you for listening. And, uh, Giles, it's been great to speak to you, as always. I got a half a drink. I'm going to go s- sit on the couch and, and debrief from my brain a little bit. Uh, well, tell the world the f- is not fucked. We'll be here tomorrow. That's it. That's it. And work all good. work for the change you want to see. Do not. There you go. Do not. Uh, do not detach. That's not what we need. We do not need people to detach right now. And I think, lastly, um, the the headline we've seen around a little bit, if you saw it today, is a democracy is you know beyond a presidential election. I I, I think that's so true. Like. There are so many levers of democracy, and they go beyond Congress and the Supreme Court and the presidency. 
And if you work hard to make the change you want happen, including through independent businesses, you'll be amazed at what happens. So uh, that's it. We've had some gin tonight. So don't judge here, folks. You got to listen to this with a glass of wine or whatever you're into or a one last time in in 100 words or less, Giles. How do you make this cocktail? Uh, Gin, limes, ice. Cranberry simple syrup, two ounces gin, tablespoon plus of uh, cranberry simple syrup, half of a lime. Shake the shit out of it. Strain it over fresh ice into a cocktail glass. Add some, maybe some fresh can- cranberries for garnish, or a rosemary sprig, or some sage, as Alex suggested. But most of all, everybody just take a deep breath and R E L A X. Relax. Packers are killing me in my wins pool. All right, bye, bye, Giles. I love you. Go back, go. Love you, buddy. Bye. Be well. Landline. Landline is hosted, written, and produced by Alex McKay. The best thing you can do to support the show is tell a friend. Find other episodes of Landline on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TalkForAliving.com. Call the Landline at 617-744-1895. Music by the Pitchfork Revolution out of Bend, Oregon. taking this show to the top, baby. You're listening to Landline.
Um, okay, this is where we've reached our problem. Okay, so here's what happened, Giles. I'm putting a flag on this because we're going to stop. We're not going to stop. We're going to talk about your kid. I had to take out the power source for the computer in order to make the hissing go away. Uh-huh. And now I'm at 6%. So now I oh, need, you need to plug your battery in. I need three minutes to find an extension cord so that I don't fuck the sound up, but that I do uh, keep recording. Are you going to call me? No, just stay on the phone. Oh, okay. Um, but, you know, get your get your uh, situation together on talking about your kid. Well, I know. I don't. I don't. I'm just glad he's not old enough. Okay. Hold on. And I don't have to explain to him what's going on. One second. Because, like, I can barely explain to other human beings what's going on. Walking away. Keep talking to yourself. I don't want to talk to myself. It's a scary world we're living in. It's a scary world we're living in. Who knows what happen tonight but at least it's a scary world looking out to the sky hoping I'm not that high cause if I am Think about is those folks who scream and shout and say there's someone else to blame. But we did it. All of us created the situation that exists in the United States of America. It's not bad. It's not good. gonna have to try the thing again because I can't get an extension cord long enough. So uh, I'm gonna call you right back. Was that all recording right there? Yeah. Cool. I just left you a really nice uh, ballad, little song for you. Amazing. Great. All right. Just off the top of my head, just for you. I'm gonna call you in two minutes. Okay. Sounds good. Bye.